It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this, the 8th day of November 2023. This is the Horn, headon.live. That's where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza, this Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live. Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. Whatever time it is in that part of Arizona and Taliban, Indiana, where they don't do, I don't know, time. And whatever time it is where when you're listening to the podcast. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you. Thank you for being part of the community. And thank you for being part of the conversation. And if you'd be so kind, please like and subscribe. Uh, like every podcast. Subscribe to it on a couple of platforms. And uh, that way you'll be notified if one platform goes squirrely um, when each program goes up. Hi, I'm Robin, and if you are in fact listening live, well, uh, the, a good time is had by all over at the Horn chat room where the early arrivers, Squeaky and Theo, Theo chewing around a temporary crown and waiting for his lip to become unnumb uh, because Theo went to the dentist today. Hope it didn't hurt too bad. Sincerely, Theo. Theo and Squeaky are there waiting for you. And, uh, well, uh, hopefully more folks will be wandering by. I am your sole and only moderator. And it's one of those few things in life, well, no, there's more than a few, um, that I'm just not very good at because I'm running around and looking at various and sundry different stories and got more tabs open than Carter has little liver pills, so... It limits my moderating abilities. So y'all be- Squeaky, Theo, y'all behave yourselves. It goes for you too, Irish Day. So it is nominally double-checking because <laughs> I got to it early last week. It's prayer meeting Wednesday on the horn. My newest little granddaughter is a week old today. And she's beautiful. And... uh Every little photo is just a little bit sweeter than the last. 
so uh, a, a week ago today, we were we were on the road, and that's why there was no program last Wednesday and last Thursday. But uh, this, on the other hand, uh, in chorus, says Theo. Yes, Ms. Robin. Okay, good, good. I'm glad. Good. I, I have to be able to leave you on your own for a little bit. But this is, I'm not kidding, this is one of those days that could easily be a six-hour program. It's ridiculous the amount of content we've got out there. And you know what? A lot of it is not that shithole in the Middle East. And some considerable portion of it is not nitwit Nero. Oh, there's, there's all kinds of stuff, but every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different, so thanks go out. Um, thanks go out to our eighth day of the month subscribers subscriber now that means thank you to Marsha and thank you to Susan and I hope you get to feeling better uh, I, I so sincerely do so our fundraising goal sits at $1,170 that's um so that means all, the entire week, this entire week is unfunded, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then $270 of Friday is unfunded, and we've got a bunch of bills to deal with. I mean, moving up toward the... I can't believe we're moving toward the middle of the month of November already. We're past the first week now. Oh, and by the way, I was complaining about the... Well, I mean, not complaining, observing, whatever. Um... I, you, you may have heard me in the last, uh, I think maybe it was Monday, I said I, I, I was uh, thinking that, quite, that perhaps the Confederates, the next-door Confederates were burning a couch or something again because it smelled like burning plastic outside. And then I found a news story that said that the Commonwealth of Oldie, Virginia, uh, it was uh, on fire. And I woke this morning to find out that it was once again smoky here. And that's because, uh, hmm, a portion of the New River Gorge is on fire. And I'm not that familiar with forest fires. I'm really not. But I'm at least curious. And, and, and I mean, this is not a smart-ass question. It's a dumbass question if you want to get right down to it. Why do forest fires smell like burning plastic? I would expect forest fires to smell like burning forest. But no, it's it's got a it's got a uh, decided I don't know um, petrochemical plastics aroma to it. It, you know, of course, you never know what kind of garbage is going to be on the ground. You know, open dumps, that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's brush fires going on out the road from where I am. A fire truck went rushing out just uh, about mm, 45 minutes before airtime, and uh, just kind of stinky and hazy and <coughs> you know, nasty. So that's my little world. 
I went out, went out earlier today and aired up the tire. I'll check after the program to see if it needs another $2 put in it. My oh, God. <sighs> so, uh, and, and I did. I found, I found a wheel. Um, I, more, more, more accurately, I should say, uh, my dear sister, Terry, helped me find a wheel. And it's somewhere in New York, and I'm hoping to be able to order it maybe at the end of the program this evening or whenever. But yay for that. And then it's just a matter of getting the tire put on, and yeah, we'll be good. Uh, as for where we begin the program, there's lots of opportunities, but, well, I, I want to I be, begin with the happy news. It was, yesterday was a terrible day to be a maggot. If you were a brown skirt running for school board, it was a terrible day to be you. If you were a maggot running for legislature, either the House or the Senate, in, say, the old Dominion, Virginia, it was a bad day. It was a bad day if you were somebody who hated women for ex uh, exercising uh, care, custody, and control of their own reproductive processes in either Virginia or the Buckeye State. Boy, oh boy, I mean, by, it was 59% to about 40-ish uh, percent. Issue number one in Ohio went down and uh, was was approved and the uh, uh, the uh, fondest dreams of the fetus fondlers the fetus fetishists uh, took another beating and the other thing that's not being mentioned as much in the for-profit media but I think it's uh, I think I think there's I don't know maybe they'll find a polling outfield so nah I had nothing to do with it but I followed I followed some discussions in Virginia and Ohio and it appeared that the oh say under 40 set especially the under 40 set who did not uh, were not were not uterus havers were motivated to go to the polls in Virginia to keep weed legal and in Ohio to make weed legal and they succeeded on both fronts. On the other hand, however, the Speaker of the Ohio House of Representatives, uh, some maggot whose name I can't be bothered to remember, said, it ain't over. Because, of course, that was a guy. It ain't over. We're, we're going to come back. We're going to keep fighting until we've got total control of all the hoo-hoos. But the right to an abortion is now enshrined in the Constitution of the state of Ohio. One wonders if their maggot Supreme Court will uh, try to find a way around that. And the answer is, of course, yes. And, and, and by all means, GQP, maggots, what have you, by all means, keep hammering this issue. Because it's a disaster for them. Oh, and they're going to have a little pageant tonight in Miami. Uh, the uh, well, they're not the Seven Dwarfs anymore because Mike Pencil Neck Geek. Um, 
the former vice president whom Nitwit Nero wanted to see hanged, not hung, hanged. We're not going to go through that again. Uh, bowed out of the race, what, last week? I guess they don't want me to be president. No, no, pencil neck. Nobody wants you to be president. <laughs> you and your fetus fetish. Sorry. So they're down to five. So I guess Nimrata and Weewake, uh, Ramaswamy Ding Dong, Swamalama Ding Dong, uh, will go at each other. Uh, who else is there? Um, well, of course, Chris Christie will be there upbraiding, upbraiding the maggots and, you know, who will show up there at you know, wherever they're holding this thing. Are you going to watch it? I'm not going to watch it. Do you care? I don't care. They're ciphers, these, these five goons. Um, Doug Burgum won't be there. So, I'm, I'm, you can tell how much I care about them. We wake. Nimrata. Chris Christie. A little help here? Uh, who, who, are the, who are the other two goobers? I'm sure I'm going to be ashamed of myself for forgetting, but... They just don't matter that much. So that's going on. But I want to, but, but, but back to uh, Ohio and Virginia and other places where the maggots lost. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't uni Kentucky, Andy Bashir, uh, beat Daniel Cameron. More thoroughly than uh, than than he meet he beat Matt Bevin four years ago, and there's just a part of me, and it's because I'm a rank sentimentalist, I suppose, that wants to think that some people went to the polls, and sure, I I I, I want people to like Andy Bashir. Bashir. But not so much they went to the polls because they were so fond of Andy Bashir, but because they finally wanted to have an opportunity to rebuke and repudiate Daniel Cameron, the man who gave a pass to the dirty cops who murdered Brianna Taylor in her bed in her sleep. Of course, you know what Daniel Cameron will set his sights on now. Uh, as soon as, uh, it, it, well, remember, Moscow Mitch said, well, Daniel Cameron is, is like a son to me. Something like that. So I'm sure Daniel Cameron thinks that he would like to be the next senator from Kentucky when Mitch uh, McConnell 
finally calls it quits, either retires or gets carried out feet first. Uh, goodness me. Emilio says, Wewake is the brown Matt Gates minus the charm. Yeah, there's just, every time I see Wewake Rama slam a ding-dong, um, I, I feel like uh, somebody should have been giving him a swirly and a wedgie every day of his life. Uh, he might have been a somewhat less annoying human being. No, bullying never helps. It's pro He's probably the asshole that he is because he was bullied. Okay, they, they, okay let's, uh, who are the two I'm forgetting? Oh, shame on me. How quickly they forget. I forgot Ron Monkey up Declantis. And Tim missing girlfriend Scott. Tim, no, I really have a girlfriend, Scott. Um, yeah, thank you, Billable Rick, for the reminder. And thank you, Ralphs, serving as the horn ad hoc uh, seven dwarfs minus sleepy and dopey uh, re uh, re research department. I, I know, Billable. How could you forget Ron Monkey up to Clantis? Well, in the end, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be like most of America and forget him utterly. But unless you want to hear uh, a couple of hours of chest thumping and glorifying of a disgusting war, uh, I, I'd suggest staying away from it. Uh, breaking news. <laughs> Steve in New York say you forgot Ron Monkey up, as have most other people. Not wrong, Steve. Uh, Lou in PA reporting that uh, via CNN they're saying that the Minnesota Supreme Court has shot down the use of the 14th Amendment self-executing insurrection clause to keep Nitwit Nero off the ballot. <sighs> that's not. Well, it, it, that's a complicated question. You know, do you want him on the ballot? I think we can beat him. I think by November 2024, he, he'll, he'll probably be eating his boogers live on TV. Sorry, there went dinner in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. It just happens sometimes. But no, to get back to uh, Ahia and the Old Dominion, I'm seeing a lot of hand-wringing and pearl-clutching all day long about the Republicans' embrace of this misogynistic war on women. And they show no signs of learning. This is what you get if, you, if Annie Sullivan stands at the pump pumping water over little Helen's hand and eventually she yells fetus instead of water
Ha, says Bill Ulrich. I just finished my lunch in Southern California. Too late, Robin. Oh, take that. Well, yay. I'm glad. I hope it was tasty. But Republicans show no sign of being able to learn that this issue is killing them. And that's fine by me. No, really. And what it is, is it's, it's, it's kind of economics. And it's all wrapped, in, wrapped up in something that I've been saying for just about the entire 20 years of this program. A long, 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 long time ago. Relatively speaking, I mean, you know, we're not we're not talking about the reign of Septimus Severus or anything. That was for you, Steve. But a long, long time ago, I I, I posited the theory that one group more than any other really did not want to see Roe v. Wade overturned. And I said that that was the Republican Party. Because if Roe v. Wade got overturned, one of two things would happen. Possibly both. One, the Republican voters, their base, those good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual, Christian, Republican, fetus fetishists, wouldn't see near, wouldn't have nearly the motivation to come out to the polls. Because they only crept out and, 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 and squiggled and scurried out from behind the baseboards every four years because the, the aforementioned Republicans were uh, wailing and moaning into whatever camera was handy about the poor, poor, poor little fetuses. And that once that issue was gone, that Emory and Marveline may just as well stay home and right there on their matching Barca loungers in their single wide park there in the Ballerina Swan Lake trailer court and country club tuned into Fox News or News Muck or Onan the network that spills its news upon the ground, you know, which whichever one was craziest that day and making Emory and Marveline most terrified. And I think I was right. Yeah, this is another one of those little gold stars I want, y'all. Because uh, the, the self-identified maggot turnout was not at all awesome there in the Buckeye State. And not particularly impressive in the Old Dominion either. But Republican politicians are caught. They are caught between their desire for the filthy lucre that gets them uh, that gets them elected and it's all tax free hallelujah right this is all money that comes from tax exempt 501c3 
grifts and dark money outfits that go into the war chests of Republican legislators to be uh, to be used by them in their campaigns with the understanding that they will stand in the well of the Senate or the House and rail and caterwaul about the aforementioned precious little fetuses. Which they do. And some of them manage to keep getting reelected because they live in states where uh, women are thoroughly despised. You know, Taliban, Taliban, Indiana, Mississippi, Stan, Louisiana, Stan, Tennessee, Kentucky, Stan. Ooh, we might want to need to. Yeah, still Kentucky, Stan. Texas, Stan, Oklahoma, Stan, Arkansas, Stan. So, even though their party has been reduced to a rump, just a, 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 a gang of aggrieved, aging white people, they manage to hold on to some power in, you know, mostly the old confederacy. But on the other hand, it makes it damn difficult for them to maintain a majority or achieve a majority. Because in the, in, in the states that are not benighted, that are not the old confederacy plus Idaho and Kansas and Utah and Wyoming and Montana, etc., Missouri, in those places... It's a lot harder to get elected. And there are Republicans, members of the House who are in New York, you know, the, what is it, the Biden 18? You might want to be thinking about getting, you know, getting, getting some boxes to the office for next year. Pack early. Cut down, on the, uh, cut down on the flurry of activity there after. I'm not predicting. But it all boils down to Republicans caught in a hell of their own making uh, screeching to an uncaring sky, oh my daughter, oh my ducats. As Shakespeare once noted. They love the money, but they want the power. And and, and, And some of them, I'm sure, at this point in time, wish that they didn't have to talk about because they've spent the last couple of years, or last year, desperately trying not to talk about, you know, their undying devotion to the fetuses. And that's why they tried to camouflage these issues, especially in uh, Ohio and in the Oldie Dominion. Oh no! I mean, we're not. Uh, no, Glenn Youngkin is a perfectly rational, reasonable Republican governor, and no, he wasn't. He'd pull that rubber mask off, and they'd find Virginians would find out they had a governor declantus of their own, uh, right there perched in 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 Richmond. 
and a woman's right to choose would have been right out the door. And voters in Ohio knew that for damn sure. And voters acted accordingly. So, Ohio and Virginia are a little bit more safe, a little less hateful toward people capable of becoming pregnant today than it was yesterday. And we'll take a win for that. And Andy Bashir, by the way, when the uh, maggot legislature of Kentucky stand had a hissy and passed a, a, a bill identical to Tennistan's uh, anti-trans law, well, Andy Bashir viol- uh, the, uh, the vetoed it. I said, nope. Sorry. And they didn't have the they didn't have the numbers to override the veto. It was a good day. One of the ways I know that it was a good day is because uh, today, marginal trailer queen uh, fired up her Twitter her Twitter machine. Well, she went to shitter and took a shit. Remembering, of course, that X, it makes the sh sound in several Mesoamerican languages. They got a double-digit win in Ohio, the issue one voters did. And so throwing a, throwing a nutter on that social media platform, Marge... Queen of the Spork Feet said, Republicans lose on abortion because they have for decades allowed Democrats to lie about abortion on every level. Republicans refuse to fight hard against the evil lies of the Democrats who claim abortion is women's health care and a right. It is not. Abortion is murder. It kills another human being, the most innocent of all. How many of you had, Marge? It will wait, because no way you haven't. No freaking way. Um, could some hacking collective out there maybe uh, find those records? Uh, here, here's, a, uh, here's just a, a, an early bet. Uh, do you think, what, what is, uh, let's put it this way, what do you think the over-under is on the number of Marge's abortions? I'm going to do, do the Vegas bookie thing and say, Three and a half. Now, if it's four, you win. If you take the over, would anybody take the under? And so Marge has learned a new word. Abortion is genocide. No, it isn't. You can look up the definition. Oh, wait, that would involve reading. Abortion is genocide, and none of their screams are heard when each of them are slaughtered in their mother's wombs. Well, you know, not having a mouth could probably uh, contribute to that, Marge. These precious little ones cannot fight, cannot defend themselves, cannot flee the abortionist's weapons of choice that they use to brutally murder them. 
this, this from a woman <laughs> who won't do anything about school shootings. Whew, it's rich. Okay, we have an we, we, we have an early bet taker. Uh, Matt in San Francisco said, "I got a hundred on the over." I have a feeling it's going to be over heavy. We may the bookies may have to readjust. It may be like that one Super Bowl that year where the bookies took a bath. They might, the bookies may wind up adjusting the over-under on Marge's abortions to double digits. Calling this ongoing genocide health care is an abomination and political lie that Democrats use in order to manipulate women to vote for them and continue the child sacrifices that enable Democrats to maintain power. Child sacrifices? Really? You're sounding a little cuey there, Marge. Did you learn the word adrenochrome too, huh? There is nothing more evil! Hmm. <sighs> Where's somebody with a blowgun and a Thorazine dart when you need them? She went on because she wasn't done because she's just so damn dumb. Republicans must stop being afraid to stand up to Democrats' disgusting lies about abortion. The Republican Party needs to... I mean, wait a minute. This is the Republican Party. Uh, the Republican men who stand there and get a stiffy talking about... And then the baby's head emerges from the womb and they chop it up with scissors. No, they don't. That's a lie. The Republican Party needs to boldly offer the truth, the solutions, and most importantly, fight with everything we have to stop communism in America. Like, communism? This is about communism now? Were the aborted babies commie babies? Wait, the, the, wait, the, the, women, the women who got a... You were a communist once, Marge? When you were getting yours? And protect the most innocent among us. Our nation's survival depends on it. Oh, you're getting perilously close to the Great Replacement Theory. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I worry. I don't, no, I don't worry about her. Worrying about Marge is like, oh, I don't know. Worrying about, uh, worrying the, worrying about the fate of a tetanus of a tetanus germ after an after a uh, vaccination poor little tetanus germs communist vaccines tetanus ch child baby tetanus cell sacrifices Are you sure marge i hope they take your advice double down y'all just come out and come out come out and say it Say that you want to start having public stonings of women. Oh, be, do you, Marge? Do you really want to have public stonings of women who have had abortions? Do you, Marge? 
Uh, in addition, Matt in San Francisco says, uh, I have $20, $25 on her having sex at the CrossFit gym, another 50 on her hooking up with more than five gym, uh, gym goers while she was married. My retirement plan is set. Call in your bet now. I hear Harris in Reno is, 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 waiting for, is waiting for your call. I don't know. Can you do it on FanDuel now? I mean, everything's, on, everything's in our little pocket computers on our phones. Uh, Emilio says, I have no idea how the over-under thing works. I'm not a gambler. Over. <laughs> well, you take one side or the other. If the over is Marge has had three and a half abortions, then if you think she's had four, you bet the over. If you think she's had three and a half or less, you bet the under. Still saying there's going to be very few people uh, taking the under on this one. Well, that just looks fun. Hold on. Yeah, okay, I know what that one is. Thanks, Ralph. Yeah, this was back last year. Marjorie Taylor Greene tells woman she's too old and barren to have a say on abortion. Okay. So that, I mean that was not. There's been a, there's been a lot of post mortem ha hand wringing going on. Then they had him a. They had him hearing. Uh, in the uh, House Judiciary Committee. And Matt Gates got a and just Gates worse, uh, the head pirate. Uh, got it. Got a. It was. It was. It was supposedly a hearing on anti-Semitism and free speech, at which some Palestinian protesters interrupted the proceedings. But Matt, it just gets worse. Who I should remind us all uh, still has a case before the Ethics Committee regarding. Uh, his uh, apparent predilection for paying off underage sex workers with, you know, Venmo. Mm -hmm. um, oh, uh, uh, Lou, following up on the Minnesota ruling, it was limited. The ruling was it only applied to the Republican Party primary. They can try again in the general election. Thank you, Lou. Oh, and Ralph said, I'm offering a $25 challenge for the Republicans and Alito having caught the little red wagon. <laughs> so the they caught the wagon. What, are, what will they do now? Challenge is on the table, courtesy of Ralph's, and that would get us down to, uh, uh, let's see, uh, 11.20. 11.20, that would be very helpful if anybody wants to jump in. Thank you. Thank you, Ralph's. So anyway, they were having a hearing, allegedly, about free speech and anti-Semitism. And because, well, noun, verb, and George Soros, you know, the Republican mantra, George Soros! And we all understand now that George Soros is just generally a stand-in for 
Andy for saying the Jews, right? <laughs> uh, George and Corskold answering Ralph's challenge. Thank you, George. I'm shocked, shocked to find out there's gambling going on here. Yes. It was a radio flyer, that little ra that little wagon, Randy Radar tells us. Of course it was. Weren't those sold at Western Auto? I don't know how many podcasts and live radio broadcasts there are in this country today, but, well, this one has a mention of the radio flyer in it. Memo to the Morning Joe crew. The password is radio flyer. I'm saying... Just saying, but uh, he got Matt Gates got crossways with a someone far more intelligent than him. Be careful with that, but I, I do want to move on because um, I, I think it was Doctor Nadell. Is it possible to criticize George Soros without being anti-Semitic? I don't know all the all the tropes that people use to associate with George Soros, but when they talk about a no, 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 no. Not when they talk about something else. It, it, is, is criticism against George Soros ever not anti-Semitic? That's the question. Um, Ms. Burdett is offered to answer that. No, 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 but you oh, mentioned you Mr. Soros. I want you to answer. Oh, this so is you a, want is me it, there's no phone a friend here in the Judiciary Committee. <laughs> what, ha what has happened in the United States is that we use different code words. No, wait, I'm answering your question. Okay. We use different code words to disguise anti-Semitism. And so Soros has become the code word that replaced Rothschild. But is it possible Shylock. to criticize him without being anti-Semitic? Yes or no? I don't know the context. I'm not going to talk so, without so there's knowing no context. context. That is just an astonishing thing. And, and, and similarly, you said any critique of globalism is anti-Semitic. Now that, that, that I love that phrase. Well, that is astonishing. You know, Matt Gates. I, I have a feeling that there are a lot of things in this world that are astonishing to you. You know, the fact that you can't have sex with underage girls is probably astonishing to you. Hell, I don't know. Shoelaces may be astonishing to you. Uh, or, or, or the fact that even some of your weirder Republican colleagues aren't snorting rails of Viagra and chugging Red Bull so they can fuck all night is astonishing to you. Yeah, I swear one of these days somebody's going to reach over and just kind of tap, 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 rap on his little skull and go, hello in there, man. Anybody home? So now he wants to know about globalism. Because, you know, that's another word that the meaning has been sucked out of. Now that really is an Austin Powell. No, what I said was okay. that the word globalist, I didn't say any critique of globalism. Okay. What I said was the word globalist had become the new code word but it's not, or the on, internationalist yeah, code it, word from the previous but, but period. But you, you ascribe that motive. See, when I criticize globalism, I'm often criticizing the U.N., no, you're not, dipshit. You're talking about the Jews. And that's what everybody understands him to be talking about. I despise anti-Semitism. I despise all forms 
of hatred toward marginalized communities. But that's... It's like neoliberal, for God's sakes. We've had this conversation. Back in 2016, over here on our side of the fence, we bandied the word neoliberal about till all it meant was anybody who ever brought a cold cup of coffee to Bernie Sanders. And the hilarious part of this is that this is nominally a, a hearing about anti-Semitism and Matt Gates is finding out that well, he's probably one of the leading anti-Semites in the room. Which then in turn goes around and criticizes Israel. So if, if critiquing a globalist entity that criticizes Israel is anti-Semitic. So why use the word globalist instead of the UN? Well, because the UN's goals are to have a global order over things that deprive countries of their sovereignty. One of those countries is Israel. Oh, he's so proud of himself. He is so confidently stupid. One world government. Jesus, they, 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 they got no new ideas. Again, I hearken back to the Halcon day, the the the, the, Cali, the Calliope soundtrack of the Halcon days of my childhood. When having learned to read, I would see cars with Confederate battle flags on them and bumper stickers saying "Get us out of the UN." This has been a bugaboo of the of the of the of the, of the waspy right wing nationalist, isolationist, racist part of our country for a hundred years. Recall that it was a Maine senator, Henry Cabot Lodge. What is it? Uh, Here's to dear old Boston, home of the bean and where the Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. There it is. And this is good old Boston, the home of the bean and the cod, where the Lowells talk only to Cabots and the Cabots talk only to God. Racist AF. Uh, and, and not just racist, you know, anti-Catholic, anti-Jew. Anti-anybody who are not the Lowell's and the Cabot's. And it was Henry Cabot Lodge. Senator from Maine. Who arguably drove Woodrow Wilson... Yeah, another racist. To a stroke when Wilson was barnstorming the country trying to get the Senate to ratify the League of Nations Treaty. Henry Henry Cabot Lodge was Tommy Tuberville with a different accent. But the refrain was the same. 
they're trying to take away the sovereignty of nations. No, they're trying to. It was 1919. And Woodrow Wilson and others were desperately trying to prevent another 1914 from happening. But Henry Cabot Lodge got in the way. Woodrow Wilson had a stroke. And lo and behold, September 1st, 1939, that little homicidal, genocidal, racist maniac with the Charlie Chaplin mustache Got, uh, opened up another abattoir in Europe. Of course, hell had long since yawned open in China with the attack and occupation by the Imperial Army of Japan. But we weren't so much paying attention to that. Not white and all of that. And so here in 2023... We've got an idiot like Matt Gates out there, and of course Marge saying, "No more money to Ukraine, Ukraine Nazis." When the real fascists are bearing down on that country, and the real fight for global democracy is taking place in Ukraine, And, and and Matt Gates is just he can't figure it out. That, that is that is the great hypocrisy of what I think is frankly a reverse trope that any criticism of Soros or any criticism of globalism is somehow anti-Semitic. Some what has George Soros done today, or yesterday, or two weeks ago, or six months ago, or a year ago? His name is simply a word for being put upon. You know, it's interesting, um, Dr. Nadell there said Soros replaces Rothschild, and Rothschild replaced Shylock. That line from Shakespeare that I muttered earlier, oh my daughter, oh my ducats, Shylock. Some really ugly lines in The Merchant of Venice, probably one of the reasons it's not so often performed. But this is them. Here we are. The, anti the, 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 the anti-Semites had a hearing on anti-Semitism because Rashida Tlaib... Whom they censured last night, by the way. Jesus. Matt in San Francisco, motion on Gates. Someone should put forth a measure that Matt cannot speak in the house until he grows an upper lip. You know, they could probably harvest it from some of his forehead. I, I will associate myself with the words of the gentleman from San Francisco. But that wasn't all there was. I mean, no. No, another maggot, uh, Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey, 
uh, went on his own globalism rant. Now, bear in mind, the witnesses at the table, in a hearing called by Republicans who controlled who the witnesses were going to be, Isn't this what they call in uh, what they call football in the rest of the world an own goal? Yes, Jeff Van Drew, maggot extraordinaire, uh, you know, there's a there, there's a tell out there when somebody says that don't make me a racist. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, that's coming out of the mouth of someone who has just demonstrated himself to be a racist. Witness Jeff Andrew. And what's wrong with the people of his district? Just ask him. So I'm pro Israel, and you can check me out. You can see anything I've ever written, anything I've ever said I believed in, everything I've ever voted for, every speech I've ever given. I am pro Israel. Yet I still believe that we shouldn't use these, these words. To try to say, well, if you believe that George Soros is involved in our local elections, because he is, if you believe that he is funding prosecutors and local officials that have a... How? How? uh, uh, This, this, I'm sorry, I don't... This is how the violence... This is how the violence propagates. There are various entities. They are not run, not controlled by George Soros, but they were created and funded by him. The Civil Society Institute. uh, The Tides Foundation. Sometimes it's an organization that simply receives money from these entities. I think the Tides Foundation was one such. Uh, in some instances, there are environmental foci to their work. And it was years back, but it is still within living memory. When the Beckerhead, who had recently been on a tirade screaming about frogs in pots and had gone on, uh, on, on, on hissies about the Overton window and progressives. They were somewhat more innocent days, but not that much. And... Oh, there goes another fire truck. He, he, uh, he went off on the Tides Foundation, an entity at the time in San Francisco. And he raged about the progressives of the Tides Foundation who were going to destroy America. And I've recounted this before, because memory... But out of the vast wasteland of hard cases, dead-enders, shut-ins, and various and sundry ne'er-do-wells who tuned in to the Beckerhead, 
One guy drank himself a bottle of liquid courage, got his guns, put them in the trunk, headed for the Tides Foundation to blow them away to save America. Because Glenn Beck had told him that the Tides Foundation was being controlled by George Soros, and George Soros wanted to take away his Frisbees and wheat checks. And the only thing that saved the Tides Foundation was the fact that the dude was so damn drunk that the cops pulled him over on, uh, on a DUI charge entirely by accident and managed to stop a slaughter. George Soros. You know, they draw George Soros like a gun. At this point, I don't even know if George Soros is alive. It, 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 may, be, it may be like that scene from, what was it, Contact? The, the, one, the movie with Jody... Uh, 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 oh, come on. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, Jody Foster... And at one point in time, she got taken uh, or was shown a, a video link with some billionaire in an oxygen tank in a satellite uh, on, on a space station orbiting the Earth. I mean, I think we can all agree that George Soros is not out there uh, uh, hooting and hollering into any microphones about. Well, marginal trailer queen. Do any of these blunt skulls even have any vague realization that if George Soros wielded the power they think he has, they would not have their damn jobs? Does his money not spend in whatever, uh, whatever, whatever knuckle-walking, mouth-breathing district Jeff Van Drew comes from? And what's that, Randy? Randy says, uh, I'll see your George Soros and raise you the other 800 billionaires in the U.S., most of whom are Republican donors. Bingo! Yahtzee! Jenga! Yeah, it was contact. Thank you, Darlene. But they're not bellowing about those bills. Huh! Hey, Jeff Van Drew! How about let's talk about Har Har Crow? Well, he's just a patriotic American. Or Lily. Or any of the other billionaires who bought a timeshare in Clarence Thomas. More on to Clarence and Fapian a little bit. George Soros, George Soros. I to say, well, if you believe that George Soros is involved in our local elections, because he is, if you believe that he is funding prosecutors and local officials that have a different vision for America than most Americans do, he is, that doesn't make me racist. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It means it's my opinion. It's what I believe. But what we do now... Yeah, because opinions are the same as facts in the world inhabited by Jeff Van Drew and the thin gray settling sloshing around between his ears and passing for brains somewhere near his amygdala. Matt in San Francisco, that's trenchant. Until a painting of George Soros and Elena Kagan vacationing in the Ozarks emerges, 
I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, Elena will probably come home and have to file a disclosure form on her uh, uh, her, her hand-tufted pillow that says, Greetings from Siler's Swamp. All those years watching the Beverly Hillbillies. That, that, that's what she'll be holding in the portrait, Matt. Doesn't make me a racist, it's just my opinion! Well, sometimes opinions aren't based on facts. Damnedest thing, you know? That doesn't make me racist. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It means it's my opinion. No, being a racist is what makes you racist, Jeff Vandrew. Opinion. It's what I believe. But what we do now is we use these catchwords. Globalism. I'm going to tell you what globalism is. Oh, dude. You know, maybe there's some people who are bad people that use it. I was at a... Yeah, you know what? After he does globalism, you reckon maybe he could help us all out and do woke? Or, here's a fun one, CRT? At an event recently, and I spoke, and this has happened to me numerous times, I talked about Americanism, American exceptionalism, and how we are the shining city on the hill. Damn it, I believe that. And I know the three of you do too. We are a special place. Without us, the world will go into chaos. Are we perfect? No. Globalism says, and this is a theory that's put forth by a lot. When I was at the event, some people came to me because I spoke about all those things. Because he believes them. It's not that he knows anything. He just believes them. I believe with every drop of rain that falls, a flower. No singing, Robin. Although, an anonymous friend has reached out to get us down to $1,100, so we're only $200 from having last Friday on the front porch funded. So that's fantastic. Thank you. And they said, you're wrong. America's like any other place in the world. They said, we don't believe in Americanism. We don't believe in American exceptionalism. I disagree with them. That doesn't make me racist. It means that I can use the word globalism. I can't help if there's a bad person that uses that word. Next, he'll start using that word that has all the same letters as ginger and saying, well, you know, the hippity hoppiters, they use it too. That worked out so well for Dr. Laura Schlesinger. See previous programs. I still think it's a real issue and a real challenge. No, you believe. See, he keeps screwing up the difference between believe and think. He believes it's a real issue because he needs to believe it's a real issue because if he doesn't believe it's a real issue, he has to deal with things that are, you know, real issues. Hunger, poverty, homelessness, opioids, The rise of global fascism? So, Dr. Nadell, I'm going to ask you one thing, and I would just Ooh, a like question. a yes or no answer, and I'm sorry to do that to you, but we're so time constricted. Do oh. you believe in American exceptionalism? I believe that there is an idea of American exceptionalism that has been upheld by scholars. I just, ma'am, I appreciate you. I cannot, you. I can't answer You can't that. answer that you believe I, in American exceptionalism. Okay, that's good. Ms. Burdett, do you believe in American exceptionalism? Please, yes or no? Um, I don't find the question relevant to this hearing. It is very relevant. It's relevant to what's happening on college campuses, but I thank you. 
Mr. Gosh, I have a tough time with you. Ogrizziak, do you believe in American exceptionalism? Yes or no? Unequivocally, yes, I do. Ms. Jordan, do you believe in American Undoubtedly, yes, I do. Thank you. Ms. Silverstein, do you believe in American exceptionalism? I do. These are great young people. You have the courage to tell... Yeah, these are great young people. They're answering the questions the way that I want them answered. Depends on what you mean there, Jeff Bandrew, who believes ultimate... I mean, American exceptionalism was cover for, well, I don't know, a, the genocide of indigenous people? American exceptionalism was bandied about just 20 short years ago when we decided to slaughter the innocent people of Iraq? American exceptionalism cost some 55,000 lives in Vietnam? And those are just a few off the top of my head. American exceptionalism, you can argue, was part of the argument that white people should go on being able to own people who weren't white. But let's not, you know, let's not smarten up the chump, shall we? Just because I say George Soros does not mean... Just because I say George Soros does not mean that I'm, that I'm a racist. Ay, ay, ay. Stephen New York, I believe the moon is made of green cheese. Therefore, it's as legit as scientists who say black holes are conduits of dark matter. We will have no wokeism in here, this program, Stephen New York. I, 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 we've talked about this. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Matt in San Francisco, uh, you've been awarded a cowbell by Billable Rick for uh, the measure that would state that Matt Gates is no longer allowed to speak until he grows an upper lip. I believe, says Cynthia in the Bay Area, that America is exceptionally stupid. Not all Americans. But Lord God, a bunch of them. And the, I, I got to tell you, one of the things that I did not have on my bingo card today was former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe getting into it with Mrs. Greenspan, Andrea Mitchell. Goodness me, she was she 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 was such a groundbreaker. If you've been watching lately, however, I don't know. Not great. They, they, they got into it. And I'm trying to figure out why. I happened to be monitoring when this happened. And I was... What? Because I think... Okay, I believe... Mrs. Greenspan was trying to posit the argument that Joe Biden is still in deep doo-doo uh, and, and not to feel too good about it just because Democrats kicked ass in, in, in yesterday's elections. I think that's how it goes. Uh-oh, typing in all caps, Kim in New York. 
Son of a fucking bitch. Are you or have you ever been a communist? The hell's going on here, Kim asks. Whether you believe in American exceptionalism is now a litmus test? Isn't this hearing supposed to be about anti-Semitism? Does he not realize how fucking stupid he sounds and he makes Americans sound? The hubris is absolutely sickening, Kim says. No wonder the rest of the world is repulsed by us. Signed, Kim, in New York City, inarticulate in anger. I thought that was highly articulate. But, yeah, it was a complete non-sequitur, Kim. But the three little college students, oh, bless their little hearts. Unequivocally, yes. Well, that's because you haven't lived long enough, or maybe you haven't taken any courses that sort of delve into the meaning of of American exceptionalism. <sighs> I know, I know, Kim. But no, this, and it's kind of been this way all day long. I sometimes despair of the, the, the portions of my precious finite time that I waste just running this in the background. You know, I, 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 carried, the, I carried the iPad into the kitchen and plugged it up because the battery's for shit. And had MSNBC on while I was making lunch. Mistake, Miss Kincaid, mistake. Because then I got this. Can he switch his position? It wouldn't be the first time on abortion, in fact. Can he switch his position at some point in this campaign? And Trump. the evangelicals will say, yeah, it's okay, because it's Donald Trump. And he'll get away with it. No, listen, uh, Trump can't change his position on that issue. He but did before. But, but it's broader than this. I mean, Joe Biden will next year talk about the economy. I mean, he's fighting two big international incidents, right? Ukraine and what's going on in Israel today. What about his age? Job growth. I, I know he's only three years yeah. older than Donald Trump, but he... Yeah, but Mrs. Greenspan, how much younger is he than you? I mean... But what about his age? It's the wrong question to ask by anybody, but it's the super duper double plus no question to ask for Andrea Mitchell. Projects to the people, according to 25%, you know, of the polling, he projects you know, fatigue, weakness, whatever. And Donald Trump is the fighter. And fair or not fair, probably not fair, given, fair not fair. given their, li- their difference in what they know about stuff. Like, Yeah, you watched policy. Trump the last couple months. I mean, that elevator's not going to the top floor anymore. I mean, here he is out attacking a young law clerk up in New York. But Half the things he voters, says are He's false. becoming more popular with every one of these crazy trials, misbehavior, whatever you want to call it in the courtroom. He, his po- The trials. They're crazy. They're crazy. These crazy trials. How about these deadly serious allegations of criminal conduct that attempted to overthrow constitutional governance in the United States of America, Mrs. Greenspan? Crazy. 
misbehavior or whatever. God, are you trying to wrangle? Are, are, are you trying? Are you trying to wrangle the, uh, your way back onto the Trump Christmas card list, Andrea? Polls go up. How do you explain that? But it has not helped. Elections speak for themselves. We had a historic night in Ohio, in Kentucky. He wasn't on the ballot. Picked up seats in New Neither Jersey. Was Biden. But this is Joe Biden's Democratic Party. He is the leader of the Democratic Party. Next year, he'll be on the ballot, and let him talk about job growth that has just blown the roof off. People. Trump wasn't on the ballot. He wasn't on the ballot. And as to what about his age, uh, Matt in San Francisco says, well, we haven't discovered a time machine yet, so not a lot he can do about his age. Just, oh, I don't even need to go here, but just once... I'd like to see somebody push back and say, listen, we can settle this presidential, this presidential contest pretty easily with a bicycle race, Andrea. They can have a bicycle race, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And we can get, and, and, and we can handicap Joe Biden by making him eat an ice cream cone while he's pedaling. And he'll still win. Because Nitwit Nero will need to be delivered to his bicycle on a fucking golf cart. We're back at work today. You drive on roads today. It's because of Biden's infrastructure deal. We got a chip bill. The man gets out of bed every day. He's got all these international skirmishes. Look what he's doing every single day. I know. I mean, he not only went to Ukraine in a dangerous situation, he went into Israel in the middle of a war. Yeah. But, I mean, Donald Trump hasn't done that. And look at the chaos that Donald Trump created. You know, he pulled us out of the Iran. I'm just asking why problems. it hasn't translated. Are they not selling it well enough? He, he's bear hugging the North Korea dictator who now has more nuclear capability. I mean, you look back at those four Trump years and you look what President Biden has had to deal with every single day. That's what's going to be on the ballot next year. Joe Biden versus Donald Trump and the success and growth that we've had with this economy, getting us out of COVID, building roads, well, the chip bill. Just, just I'm excited. Quickly, my, my colleague Chuck Todd, who was just here, wrote that they're treating him like a Fabergé egg. Why don't they let Biden be Biden? I think right now the president. She's quoting Joe Toad. That's a, that's a sign of journalistic scarcely dare to use the term of, of journalistic malpractice quoting one of your colleagues they're treating him like a Fabergé egg what? what did he just have? who's treating Joe Biden like a Fabergé egg? You know, this is the same multimillionaire for-profit media who said during the 2020 campaign, oh, Joe Biden's campaigning from his basement. He's going to get waxed. (laughs) 
Okay, cowbell cow for, uh, cow for Arnold in PA. She sounds like a girl version of Cartman. Doesn't she just? Oh, the bicycle race wouldn't work, Randy Radar tells me. Donald Trump would lose the bicycle race badly and then claim that he won. The bicycles were rigged. Mine didn't have training wheels. Neither did his, but I needed them. Steve in New York, Andrea Mitchell, who looks at her and says, that's why I hired her. Oh, I know. Some, some, some of this just makes me want to eat dirt and run rabbits. President's trying to be present. Look what he's dealing with today. Fighting Russia over in Ukraine, the issues we're having in the Middle East today. That's what he's dealing with every single day. You know what he's doing? He's out every day going to work trying to make people's lives better. And ultimately, people respect that. You Now, there's another little moment. This is Terry McAuliffe, the former governor of Virginia. Okay? Wasn't he also a member of the Senate of the United States? So when they font him, it says Terry McAuliffe, former Clinton campaign chief, 2008. The hell is going on there? Who's running that clown show in the in in, in the midday? Saw that last night all over the country, rural counties. We've got a huge basket of issues to run on next year. When it's Trump versus Biden, I'll take Joe Biden every single day. He's fighting for the American people every single day. That's what he's getting out of bed doing. And next year will be one-on-one, -on -one and let's go, and we're going to win. And Democrats today and the hand ring and the line, knock it off. Joe Biden is running for re-election. He is the leader of our party. Quit your whining and get in the game. What I was proud of in Virginia, we saw yesterday, for weeks, people knocking on my door, making the phone calls. People are out working, getting voters to go and show up. That's who I want to hear from. Okay. Let's be He's positive. Let's go forward. I'm excited We're for next year. You're going to have to leave year. it there. You gotta, you're the top cheerleader. Uh, listen. You're the top cheerleader. He is, I mean, okay, maybe he's, maybe he's neoliberal. Maybe he's insufficiently progressively pure. But nothing he said was untrue. And with that, Mrs. Greenspan retorts with, you're the top cheerleader. Oh, Andrea, stop trying to make fetch happen. Fabergé Agmat in San Francisco says it's hell getting Joe up on the top shelf next to the other figurines. And I, I you know, honest to God, I didn't, I didn't know there were any, I, I didn't know there were any Fabergé eggs in, in Scranton. Uh, Cynthia in the Bay Area said, uh, I should have included your caveat. Not all of us are stupid, but then if you ask people like Matt Gates, the only true Americans are the ones he thinks are brilliant, but who are actually all morons. Yes, they're exceptionally stupid. And continues, Trump world, 
uh, he not only loses that race, he'd fall off that bicycle in the process, scrape up his elbows and knees, claim he won, and his stupid morons would still believe him, even as Biden would be the only one riding across the finish line. And see, here we are, the hive mind, all, the horn hive mind all over again. There's Cynthia in the Bay Area. There's Randy Radar in Eastern PA. And click. Sometimes it's just amazing. And, uh, yeah, Jude, that was a hearing. That was a hearing in the uh, House Judiciary Committee where Jeff Van Drew was a, are you now or have you have you ever uh, denied American exceptionalism? Yeah, that, that McCarthy, McCarthyite flavor. That was the House Judiciary Committee under the leadership of Jim Jacketoff Jordan, who got his ass handed to him today in the same hearing. By none other than uh, Eric Swalwell, this is th- 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 this was worth the price of admission. So what I'm concerned about is that we have anti-Semitic posts coming from this committee. And last October, the chairman tweeted out on October 6, Kanye, Elon, Trump. Those five statements that I just read to you were from Kanye West, who had made a number of anti-Semitic statements before this tweet was put up, and then made the DEF CON statement about a day after the tweet was put up. I, the chairman... Yeah, you might recall Kanye West saying, I want to go death con, uh, death con 5 on the Jews. Wasn't that what it was? Deathcon 3 on Jewish people. That was... That was what the artist, formerly known as Kanye West, now known as The, uh, said. And all of this is under the rubric of debating free speech on college campuses. Last I checked, colleges are pretty rowdy places. And I'm not just talking about, you know, my beloved Morgantown and Harvard on the Mon and the way that there will probably be couches burned in the streets if by some miracle we beat the uh, beat Oklahoma University on Saturday. They are places of lively debate. Serious debate. But this hearing is how the maggots think free speech should be discussed in the United States. Back to Eric Swalwell. Setting fire to Jim Jacket off Jordan and then refusing to piss on him to put it out. Chairman at the time, Chairman Nadler, many people in the Jewish community asked the chairman, Chairman Jordan, to take this down. And it wasn't just members of Congress. It was nonpartisan Jewish organizations who said, Kanye West is anti-Semitic. I don't know what you're doing, but please do not give him a platform by leaving this tweet up. It stayed up for months. Defiantly, the chairman kept this tweet up. So, Mr. Chairman, I want to be just today your accountability partner, your online accountability partner, and just go through your social media. Because if we're going to have a hearing about anti-Semitism, we can't allow a tweet like this to be posted on our side or your side. In 2019, 
Chairman Jordan also tweeted at Tom Steyer and used the dollar sign for Steyer to spell his name. Again, known Jewish philanthropist playing into what Ms. Burdett mentioned earlier, tropes about Jewish people and money. So this committee should have a conversation and a hearing about anti-Semitism. But I would first insist that the chairman, I don't know why he put this tweet up, either he believes it, which I hope is not the case, or he just wanted to own the libs. And if that's what you're doing, you're hurting a lot of people by keeping that tweet up for so long, especially knowing what it represents. And if we're talking about being your online accountability partner, Chairman, you still have a subpoena in your inbox that's about 500 days old. And uh, with that, I'll yield back. Oh. That was nice. Wear it, Jim Jacket off, Jordan. It's not like you're wearing a jacket or anything. Uh, speaking of Jim Jackadoff, Jordan, just one thing. Uh, he has tried to inviggle his way into the prosecution of Donald Trump in Georgia. He's tried to interfere in the prosecution of Donald Trump in D.C., Florida, New York. He got his ass handed to him by uh, Fonnie Willis, epically. And now he's writing a letter to the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, uh, alongside uh, uh, Representing James Comer of Kentucky, Stan, complaining that an investigation of Lee, you know, Leonard Leo, is politically motivated. Politico reports that Washington, D.C. Attorney General Brian Schwalb has started to investigate payments from one of Lee Lee's uh, for-profit entities, a dark money group. And he wants to know, the, the D.C. AG does, uh, whether that might have been illegal. They demanded, Jim Jackadoff Jordan did, demanded to be able to see the documents and communications of the inquiry. It's an ongoing investigation, so no, they can't. And they ordered Brian Schwab to schedule a briefing. Uh, and, and, and this is especially gratifying. Leonard, uh, Leonard Leo's Concord Fund dumped eight million dollars into opposing issue one in Ohio. And it all went for nothing. God. And then, well, then there's that man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells. If you thought, if we thought Mar Marginal Trailer Queen uh, had a conniption, well, 
Stevie Three Shirts was in the market for uh, a Thorazine dart of his own. Uh, the Murdoch News Network threw in the towel this morning on their fantasy of uh, running Glenn Youngkin against Donald Trump after the debacle you're going to see tonight, the Keebler Elves are all finished. Uh, Youngkin was next up. That's gone. Uh, the reality here, Trump delivers MAGA. MAGA delivers victories. This was, a, this was a turnout issue about MAGA, and the reason is the Jeff Rose of the world and the billionaire donors, the billionaire donors Jeff with Rose? the hapless, feckless RNC, failed to get our people out. End of story. John Solomon is going to join us in a moment to get into this and what the reality is for 2024. The MAGA delivers victories. Okay? The Keebler Elves, as I said, everybody on that stage tonight combined on their best day, combined, will never deliver 74 million votes in a presidential election. This Glenn Youngkin fantasy. This is all code for, hey, boss. If you get to be president again, you can teabag me in exchange exchange for another pardon or three. I wish I didn't speak maggot so well. Just flipped after MAGA delivered Youngkin's vote. It was the overperformance of MAGA in that gubernatorial race that delivered Youngkin his victory. And what did the billionaire class do right away? And what does Jeff Rowe and the super PACs, all these guys skimming the money off the top? They immediately, immediately start to get these uh, Mitt Romney clones. They defeated every MAGA candidate in the primary, okay? They, they lost, they're whining last night in the Senate. Oh, it's the redistricting. You lost the redistricting. Stand up and fight on the redistricting. Don't, I want to hear the sob stories out of Virginia this morning. Oh, it's the redistricting. Of course. And what did you guys do? Did you fight? No, you did one of these bipartisan commissions. You know why? Because you're all pencil necks. This is what a red vest gets you. Don't come here this morning and start whining about abortion. Stand up and do your job. Get in the trenches and fight. You bunch of feckless, hapless, and this super PACs and Jeff Rowe delivers another crushing defeat, skimming 20%. I hope the fat cat billionaires down the Cavalier Hotel, I can't, I can't, I could rub your noses in this every second of every day for a week. You brought this on. And your fantasy all about stopping Trump. Yeah, but the problem here is that his orange god emperor is out there bragging, saying, I'm the one who ended Roe versus Wade. It was me. Definitely me. It was all me. Yunkin and, and the, what remains of the Keebler Elves on their best day could not deliver 74 million votes. And 74 million votes won the 2020 election. You can see the polling right now. There's no 81 million votes. Spare me. Huh, little election denial thrown in. Well, he, he really is going to let him teabag him. I don't have time for nonsense. I got Solomon coming up. He's hot on this topic. And by the way, there has to be massive changes to RNC today. These clowns down there in Miami putting on this this phony debate and sucking up more money and more opportunity costs away from Trump and what we ought to be focused on, on a ground game to get the vote out and to make sure that election fraud, that we're getting all the fraud. Everybody said, oh, gosh, they turned over the Senate and the House to uh, Virginia. We're not going to get any election. We please spare me. 
You think these? You think the people that didn't fight on redistricting are going to sit there and fight on uh, election integrity? Spare me. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear the. I mean, come on, Steve-O. They went so far as to revenge porn a candidate, and still couldn't take and couldn't keep the house. A transgender woman, Danica Rome. Went from being a had-to-run-every-two-years member of the House of Delegates in Virginia to being a full-on Virginia senator. I know, Ralph. What? What? MAGA delivers votes? Oh, you know what Mrs. Greenspan said? Trump wasn't on the ballot. Darlene, however, notes uh, Greenspan's is he still alive? Wife is doing what all maggots do, projection. She's pathetic. She and the rest of the for-profit legacy media fucks are the one who treat Trump, the maggots, and the dead grand old party before them like Fabergé eggs. Democrats are always brutalized and beaten down and approached as if they can't be trusted by legacy media, legacy media bubbleheads. Andrea wasn't used to a Democrat pushing back and not backing down. She couldn't handle it and resorted to the second-grade playground-level mocking tactics. Not to insult second-graders. Yeah. Virginia got it right. John in St. Paul, formerly of uh, North Dakota Stan, says, uh, Virginia got it right. Glenn Youngkin is presidential timber. Timber! <laughs> P.S. Yes, it is better here. I can imagine St. Paul compared to Fargo. I mean, yeah. Glad you're enjoying it, John. Uh, I hope somebody's around to bring you some hot dish. Whatever that actually is. Jessica explained it to me one day, but it didn't entirely stay. Establishment whining. You should have taken your money out and just burned it in the front yard. You didn't have the common DC to reach out to Trump to maggot anybody, and you get exactly what you deserve. Glenn Youngkin's political career ends in ashes today. And Murdoch, you guys sitting on that couch, oh, it's a terrible blow to him. You pumped him up just like you did DeSantis, just like you did Nikki Haley, you did Tim Scott, and now it's Youngkin, and you destroyed all their careers. This guy halfway makes me actually want to run across the river and get a bottle of rot-gut Mexican gasoline and the swirly straw and actually watch this little pageant tonight. But I'm not gonna, because I'm a good girl. We have met, we have reached the uh, halfway point of the program, and mercifully, the end of the uh, uh, Stevie Three Shirts clip. And, uh, We've at, we are at $1,100 in trying to keep this program funded with a scary load of bills coming. Actually, not coming. They're here. And it would be great if we could maybe get last Friday funded. And that That's 200 for that. And then we'd be at least only unfunded for this week. Um, I wish I could tell you that it's all going to live in the high life and my first ever Chanel suit that ain't gonna happen uh, but it's not it's things like medical bills meds electricity 
water, phones, internet. Um, all those things are due. And somewhere along the way, maybe a new wheel. That kind of you know, that kind of frivolity, but just getting last week finished would be fantastic. A little bit of reality spoken here going on with our filthy morning habit this morning, and I tend to agree. Uh, it is going to be a long year for the maggots. As you just said, and then look at the state of Kentucky, where Daniel Cameron, the attorney general, had backed for a long time until just recently a law that does not provide exceptions for rape or incest. And remember, there was that incredibly moving ad from the Bashir campaign of a very young woman, a girl, effectively, uh, who had oh. been raped by her stepfather. Devastating. And said, really? Really? Mm -hmm. You're going to prevent me? I have to carry that baby? Uh, actually, we have that ad. Let's take a look. This may have been decisive last night. I was raped by my stepfather after years of sexual abuse. I was 12. Anyone who believes there should be no exceptions for rape and incest could never understand what it's like to stand in my shoes. This is to you, Daniel Cameron. To tell a 12-year-old girl she must have the baby of her stepfather who raped her is unthinkable. I'm speaking out because women and girls need to have options. Daniel Cameron would give us none. So that was a young woman named Hadley who put out that ad. Governor Bashir last yeah. night thanked her for her courage for coming forward to, yeah. to make that ad. Um, and Daniel Cameron was totally thrown off by this. He said, my heart goes out to that young woman. My gosh, that's terrible. But here's the policy. No exceptions for rape or incest. Now, he did more recently say, well, I think we should maybe look at that as he saw the issue getting away from him. But again, Andy Bashir, Democrat, Trump state plus 26, won by five points last night. There you go. Well, and, and you know, that's that's what happened in Ohio. Yep. A, a 10 year old girl has to flee the state after getting raped by an illegal immigrant. She has to flee the state because well, she, it's different in Ohio now. It's thanks different to last night. Well, right. It's different in Virginia, Ohio, Ohio, now. Kentucky. The big stories you, of the morning. You, you, you look, though, uh, looking at the ad, Willie, uh, refresh my recollection a bit on what I was going to say. And Caddy had said that Glenn Youngkin was trying to go with this sort of approach, reasoned approach. And Caddy talked to a Trump person who said, oh, he's going to be moderate on abortion. No, he's, and you can, you can see him trying to do that, right? Here's the only problem. Got clip after clip after clip of Donald Trump bragging, I was the one that killed Roe v. Wade. I killed Roe v. Wade. I put the judges in that took away the right for abortion. I destroyed Roe v. Wade. And it's all over the place. And so Donald Trump should expect to see uh, uh, all of these victims of rape, hmm. all of these victims, uh, of these women who were bleeding out because they couldn't get treatment because of Donald Trump. Literally. And because of Leonard Leo. And because of Leonard Leo's Supreme Court, because Littlest. of the radicals on the Supreme Court, he can expect to see those girls, those girls who had to flee the state when they were raped by an illegal immigrant, those girls who had to flee the state because they were raped 
by a member of their own family. The women who were told they need to bleed incest. out in a parking lot right. rather than women get treatment. told that the doctors were afraid to even provide life-saving care to them because they might get arrested because of Donald Trump, because of Leonard Leo, because of Leonard Leo's radical Supreme Court. All of those young women whose lives have been made a living and breathing hell because of Donald Trump and that list of people, Donald Trump can expect, and he should expect, and he deserves to expect, to hear that throughout 2024, along with a clip that said, yeah, I was the one who killed Roe v. Wade. He's the one who made their lives a living and breathing hell. He's the one who made women bleed out outside of operating rooms where they could have been saved because, well, Donald Trump and Leonard Leo. Who is Leonard and, Leo? And, uh, Leonard Leo's the guy that's got $1.4 billion Head now trying, trying to, to, to rig every federal judiciary selection. He's already done to the U.S. Supreme Court. And you sit back and you wonder, why in the world why in the world do we have 10-year-old girls who were raped by illegal immigrants having to flee the state, having to run for their lives to get an abortion? Why do we? Because of the Supreme Court, because of what happened, because the buying of the United States Supreme Court that Donald Trump did. Donald Trump meekly and blindly followed along. And now, Willie, he's bragging. I'm the one that killed Roe v. Wade. Lots of luck with that, Donald. It's going to be a long year. You better believe that's going to be in just about every ad. Okay, now let's... I mean, he's right. Now, compare that with what, uh, with, with what the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells just said. Mega delivers votes. I got a serious cowbell for Emilio here. This was good. Some of you will get the reference. Trump delivers MAGA. MAGA delivers victories. It is by MAGA alone I set my fascism in motion. It is by the juice of my skin tags that thoughts may acquire derp. Derp becomes a movement. Movements destroy us all. Oh, that may, that, that may be the winning reference of the evening, Emilio. And Ralph says, yeah, right on, Joe. It's going to be a lot. I have... From his mouth to God's ear. Long year. Long year. And, uh, and then there's uh, Clanny Granny, who got into it with the second most, or, well, had been the second most powerful man in the Democrat in the House of Representatives. Steny Hoyer has had a long and distinguished career in the House. And the corn shucker, the Denver theater handjob queen, decided to take on Steny Hoyer. It was messy and unpretty. She was trying to add an amendment to a spending bill about immigration 
the amendment was about immigration funds and so-called sanctuary cities. And it's it's like that uh, it's 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 like that old joke that you know the real mafia makes you an offer you can't refuse. The dipshit mafia makes you an offer you can't understand. We need a little comedy here and there, and this is it. It was bad enough that she had to run away and uh, get taught some words by some other member of her carcass. Gentlewoman Reserves, gentlemen from Maryland. I rise in perplexion. The gentleman's recognized. I presume is objection. Gentleman's recognized. And I ask the gentlelady to yield for a question. Gentleman's recognized. It's not my time. I ask you to yield. I have reserved. You're free to speak. <laughs> yes. I'm asking if you'll yield for a question. Sure. Ask your question. What funds in this bill are used uh, for the purposes you uh, okay. uh, are opposed to? Oh. Sorry, I couldn't hear the gentleman. I was getting clarification. This is precautionary. Precautionary for what? I'm asking. There are sanctuary city policies. Yes, I understand. I understand what that are you're... that are in place that are allowing the refuge of illegal aliens in these cities, and there is an influx in crime I, I, and drugs. I understand. In these cities, and there's no bargle, bargle. There's no way for these folks to even report what is taking place because they are protected under this fake policy that has been created that is subduing the actual rule of law that we have in the Constitution of the United the States. Funds, right? I understand that. But what you've said is none of the funds in this bill can be spent for that objective. And that is precautionary. What, what, I want what to... funds are in this bill to be sp spent for that objective? I, I have seen this administration use all sorts of funds no, to protect illegal aliens. Re re and reclaiming my time, Ms. To ensure that it will not be... Reclaiming my time. There are no funds in this bill to do that. So this is a, just an opportunity for you to stand and perhaps speak about an important subject. I understand that. But there are no funds in this bill to accomplish that objective. Um, you don't believe the chairman would put funds in to accomplish that objective, do you? I yield. A question? Yeah. I do not trust this administration with any of the taxpayer no, funding no. Uh, that, that they are handling. They are mishandling <clears throat> our taxpayer funding. And if the gentleman says that there's no funds and agrees that this is precautionary, then I would urge that you support this amendment. Do you understand if we do this amendment, uh, any subject uh, that anybody has an interest in would be subject to such an amendment? Now, the Rules Committee has waived uh, points of order. Um, Contrary to what they said they wanted done when we were in charge. That poor they man. didn't want points of order so they could raise them. Uh, but uh, there are no funds in this bill, Mr. Speaker, for the objective that the lady wants to prevent. And I guarantee you Chairman Womack would not have included any funds to protect such activity. I know him. I know he's feeling strong. He feels strongly about this. So uh, uh, this amendment has no place in this bill because there is no money in this bill. There's no there there. Uh, you can argue about the sanctuary cities. You can argue about the border. You can do all of that. But this is not the bill to do it on. Uh, and this raises, uh, therefore, a suspicion that somehow there's money in this bill that Mr. Womack would have put in or that I would have sanctioned 
uh, to accomplish that objective. That is simply not true. That poor man. It was... Uh, he, he was... He was reading Shakespeare to a cow looking at a new gate. All she heard was moo. She's an idiot. I, I, I don't mean to sound shocked. I mean, we've been watching her for a few years now. But this was a moment unlike any other that I've ever seen. When a when a distinguished member of the House of either side rises, I rise in perplexion, which I guess is objection. I think I object to what you're doing, but frankly, you're not using your words well enough to help me know if I am or not. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Jesus. If it was anybody but her, or maybe Sporkfoot, you'd feel bad for him because it's, it's like, ah, oh, you've only been there a couple of years. Maybe you should, maybe you should spend more time on the back bench. Uh, Stephen New York says, "I get what Scarborough was saying about the girl in Ohio, but the constant allusion to illegal immigrant was really tough to hear." Well, at least Steve, unlike. Beetlejuice Boobert here. She didn't call them illegal aliens. Joe Scarborough is in a process of evolution, Steve. Sometimes we just have to give grace. The pummeling princess. Oh, my God. Darlene, the pummeling princess. The pummeling princess gets schooled by Stenny Hoyer $100 challenge. Thank you, Darlene. That would, that would, that would wipe out last Friday if somebody will respond to your challenge or somebody's. Uh, Darlene will double uh, whatever you put in up to $100 and get us closer to paying some bills, buying a wheel, all kinds of fun stuff. Thank you, Darlene. That's the Pummeling Princess Gets Schooled by Steny Hoyer $100 Challenge. On the table now. Oh, Christopher, I don't know. Poor Christopher. Corn shuck and jive. Hand jive. Hand jive. No singing. Christopher asks, what the fuck is Bobblehead Boobert talking about? Sanctuary City's Bruga Brugal. Can someone please provide me sanctuary from the children of the corn carcass, please? I know. Argle, bargle, warble, whoosh. Illegal immigrants. Narf. Illegal aliens. Argle, bargle. Bruga, bruga. <laughs> Yarrow. It's insane, I know. I know. It just hurts. Right on, Joe. And and Ralphs did say, Lassie, get the sheriff. 
uh, Ralph's just uh, uh, jumped in and uh, knocked down uh, $11 of the the pummeling princess gets schooled by Stenny Hoyer $100 challenge. You know, but did she get schooled? Did she walk away? What 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 just happened to me? I was standing up for America and those communist senators against those communist sanctuary cities. I, I, I I'm not dumb. I, I wore my I wore my hot pink Barbie blazer today. You know, I always thought fucking one's brains out was a euphemism, but apparently it's a medical phenomenon. And and then uh, speak well, we weren't, but then okay, so there's Marge and then there's Marge's boyfriend. Hey, boss, my boyfriend. Uh, cowbell for uh, Christopher, says Bill Rick. Can someone provide me sanctuary from the children of the corn carcass? That's worthy. Yes, Bill. Thank you. Um, Brian Glenn, for those of us who have tried and at least temporarily succeeded in um, forgetting that there's actually some human being out there that wants to spend quality time with Sporkfoot Marge. Um, he's from right, si- right Side Broadcasting Network, which means he's unemployable anywhere else. They, 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 they the, the RSBN sent him to interview the crowd waiting to get into the debate the pageant this evening in Miami. Do these people mean to be this funny? Or is this unintentionally hilarious? So, while he was doing his man-on-the-street shtick, Brian Glenn... Marge's squeeze. And you know, they, they, all, all these, all these maggots, they, you know, they, they despise contraceptives and everything. I'm just saying, the over-under is still at three and a half. The, how many abortions has Marginal Trailer Queen had over-under is at three and a half. And so Brian Glenn walked up to a guy in a rat suit. And proceeded to engage in a colloquy with, again, a guy in a rat suit. What, what else? Did, I mean, do you think, let me ask a question. If not Trump, then you're for Biden. Uh, so... The guy in the rat suit, forgive me if I sound a little perplexed, uh, Brian Glenn has people around him with their dirty little MAGA hats on. Might as well have swastikas. 
or be wearing hoods. And the guy in the rat suit is holding a sign that says Republicans against Trump. With a website URL at the top that I can't see, at least not yet. What what else? Did I- so here's some hard-hitting right-side broadcasting network professional what, what journalism. Else, I mean, do you think, let me ask you a question. If not Trump, then you're for Biden. I had to be. I'm a Republican. I had no other choice. I knew the guy. You do have a choice. Wouldn't you rather elect a President Trump? We may not like him for certain things, but at least you know your country's a better place than handing it over to Joe Biden. I respect my elders. My parents taught me how to respect my elders. Joe Biden is an old man. All right? So I respect my elders. I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like them. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. There it is. Hard-hitting journalism from the Right Side Broadcasting Network. And apparently this guy was doing some sort of performance. I, I don't know. He made slightly more sense than Lauren Bobblehead Boobert did. He wasn't trying to give, and well, I mean, Marge would have been mad if he would have tried to give Brian Glenn a hand job. I respect my elders. I, I, I and and the sort the disaffected Republican rat. Okie dokie. Now we do have some Trump trial news to cover as we close the second hour of the program. Tell me if you've heard this one, Randy Radar says. A guy in a rat suit walks into a bar, says, ouch! I added the ouch part. (laughs) So, in D.C. today, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin issued yet another order in, uh, in advance of what will eventually be a trial. And she's trying, as any competent judge does, to narrow the issues and make it so that when the trial begins, they actually do the trial instead of haggling constantly over motions that could have been dealt with before the trial. And in her order, she said it it had to do with whether or not Nitwit Nero wanted to rely on an advice of counsel defense. And, um, well, let's just go through the order. United States of America versus Donald J. Trump. I like the look of that. Opinion and order. The government has filed a motion for formal pretrial notice of the defendant's intent to rely on advice of counsel defense. So the government is saying, listen, you got to tell us one way or the other. That motion asks the court to order that by December 18th, 2023, defendant provide notice in court of his intent to assert an advice of counsel defense at trial. 
For the reasons set forth below, the court will grant in part and deny in part the motion. Got to do some baby splitting. The advice of counsel defense requires a defendant to introduce evidence that, one, he relied in good faith on the counsel's advice that his course of conduct was legal, and two, he made full disclosure of all material facts to his attorney before receiving the advice at issue. I think we can already see where the problems might rise. By invoking the defense, the defendant waives attorney-client privilege. Would? and must therefore disclose to the government, one, all communications or evidence the defendant intends to rely on to establish the defense, and two, any otherwise privileged communications the defendant does not intend to use at trial, but that are relevant to proving or undermining it. Oh my. And there are, of course, federal uh, federal case citations supporting the ruling. The federal rules of criminal procedure and local criminal rules do not expressly require advance notice of the advice of counsel defense. But because waiting until trial to invoke the defense and comply with the disclosure obligations it triggers could cause disruption and delay, some district courts have concluded that they nonetheless have inherent authority to order defendants to provide advance notice if they intend to to assert the defense. Other district courts, however, have concluded that they lack that authority. Split in the circuits. In this case, the court need not decide whether it has authority to order defendant to provide notice because he, quote, agrees to provide notice to the prosecution of whether he intends to pursue a formal advice of counsel defense at the time jury instructions are due, which is currently... um, And there's a problem with the... I don't know. Uh, Indeed, notice without disclosure would have little practical value and would inject undue delay into the party's pretrial preparedness. Preparations. Okay, another siren. Shit must be seriously on fire. Um, Is that a screw-up? on the part of his pettifoggers? He's going to rely on on an advice of counsel defense and waive attorney-client privilege? I wonder what this means for, oh, I don't know, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, while you're under the bus there, Rudy, uh, uh, make sure there's no holes in the mufflers, okay? The government's motion for formal pretrial notice of the defendant's intent to rely on advice of counsel defense is hereby granted in part and denied in part. As he has consented to do, defendant shall provide formal notice whether he intends to assert an advice of counsel defense by January 15th, 2024. I think he has until Friday to declare whether he wants cameras. If defendant does provide affirmative notice of that intent, he must also provide the required discovery to the government at that time, any communications or evidence he intends to use to establish the defense, and otherwise privileged communications that defendant does not intend to use at trial, but that are relevant to proving or undermining the advice of counsel defense in their entirety. 
Oh my. So if he wants to throw Rudy under the bus, he's going to have to give up a lot of a lot of evidence. And he can't just sit there and bluster and say, "My lawyers told me." Well, what they tell you? They told me things. What, what things? Things that I don't have to tell you because I have privilege. Not anymore. This is going to be... Oh, God, I wish we could watch it. Meanwhile, in New York... Uh, the Attorney General's office there... Uh, bearing in mind that Nitwit Nero says he's going to call 127 witnesses as his in part in his case in chief and AG Letitia James office whom Nitwit Nero is still referring to with a racist slur uh, Letitia James's office has objected to four of the uh, expert witnesses that they were going to call. Uh, Stephen Laposa of Laposa Realty Advisors, Jason Flemons, a forensic accounting expert, Steve Whitkoff, a New York City real estate investor, and some dude named David Miller. Now, part of why Letitia James's people, her team, are objecting is because three of the witnesses would testify to something that has already been determined at trial. The first charge, which is the liability charge, which was determined by summary judgment. The motion by Attorney General James says, based on the court's decision, plaintiff's affirmative case has been appropriately narrowed to establishing the defendant's intent to defraud, the amount of disgorgement, and facts bearing on plaintiff's entitlement to the forms of equitable relief not already awarded by the court. Ta-da! hundred and twenty-seven? Really? Mm, yeah. And, uh, well, you know, precious princess, I wank him a daddy Trump Kushner had to testify today, even though she's a busy mom who had to get child care. As if. She probably refers to her kids by, hey, you and you, what's your name? So this morning, before Iwanka took the stand, uh, the Attorney General's office sought to enter multiple documents into evidence to at, at which point counsel for the parking garage leapt to her feet and said, Your Honor, I object. 
um, there was there, there there was only one problem. One of the documents that she objected being entered into evidence was their own document. Because see, when Iwanka took the stand, she suddenly had a rapid onset amnesia. And so as she was asked about conversations that she had had or emails that she had sent among the brass of the Trumpet organization, well, I'm afraid I can't recall that I don't, that I don't remember. And so when she says she can't remember, the AG's office, the plaintiff, gets to do something called refreshing her recollection, which one does with documents. I object! Yeah, all this performative jumping and objective objecting is great if you've got a jury, but there's no jury. And so uh, they showed her an email from her to Alan Weisselberg from December 15th, 2011. It had to do with the fact that Deutsche Bank wanted a statement that Daddy was worth $4 billion. She negotiated it to something lower, something maybe $2.5 billion. Nitwit Nero said he was worth uh, more than that. And so when she negotiated with Deutsche Bank, they gave her a number, she agreed with the number, and she sent it back to the other brass and said, it doesn't get better than this, let's discuss ASAP. And counsel for the parking garage said, I object! That email was never sent! At which point the prosecutor, Kevin Wallace, said, um, yeah, it was sent. And the date that it was sent is on the email, counsel for the parking garage. And not only that, you're objecting to one of your own documents. So Justice Arthur and Goron said, I'll allow it. And, and so... Consequently, and again, we said this before anybody else did, she might be dealing with some things. She might be uh, getting a call your carrier letter. Yeah. And, uh, Well, good times. Uh, our uh, raffle about Alina Hava. It, oh, she's she's a laugh riot, Ralphs. And uh, jury selection in D.C. with Judge Chutkin will begin in February. I said more on Tommy the Tuber. 
earlier. Tommy the tuba, as he has informed us on a number of occasions, has a great deal of experience, and nobody knows more about the military than Tommy the tuba, because he was a football coach, and his daddy got a purple heart in the Second World War. Uh, but, but uh, you know, these officers are doing two or three jobs. Uh, you know, he, he, Tommy, Tommy made it clear earlier uh, that it ain't. It, it's just, I mean, he did the same thing when he was a coach in football down there, the Auburn War Eagle Tigers. And so yesterday he told Manu Raju that uh, them, 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 them sissy military poetry reading officers, uh, they just need to suck it up. Rub a little dirt on it. Walk it off. Still say I object. Sure I will. Uh, <laughs> what have I done for the last nine months? I mean, this is no different than what Elizabeth Warren did or Jack Reed or, or Senator Bennett. I mean, it's all the same thing. So uh, that's not No, not really. And, and I'm willing to go down there and stand with Democrats or Republicans. It makes me no difference. Uh, you know, you got to fight for what you believe in. Some people doing multiple jobs, like the Marine Corps Commandant. Does that concern you? Well, I mean, uh, everybody does. You got a job. You can only do so much, and you got to lean on the people underneath you. I coached for a long time. I had yeah. 15, 20 coaches. I mean, you can only do so much. You got to give a responsibility out. I'm sure that's what they're doing. Well, you got to delegate. That's what you got to do. Delegate. You understand? I had 15, 20 coaches. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we stormed the beachhead there at. Uh, that, 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 that Tuscaloosa and handed that Nick Satan his ass. You think that was an easy fight, son? <sighs> Kidneys, man. Kidneys. Oh, uh, here we go again. Let's go to Shepherd, Texas, shall we? I'll never forget seeing where a, a, an ammonium nitrate plant blew up in Texas many years ago. You could still smell it in the air. Well, about 60 miles north of Houston in Jacinto County. Please tell me I'm saying that right. I'm deliberately mispronouncing a Hispanic J, thinking that that's going to make it sound Texan. Please. Well, uh, a chemical pl a chemical plant done blowed up at Sound Resource Solutions. Don't name your chemical plant Sound Resource Solutions. Don't do that. The goddess of irony will blow it up. Well, that and your own negligence. Uh, the, the 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 explosion resulted in a massive, humongous. And oh, while we're at it, toxic blaze. Great clouds of black smoke billowing into the air. A shelter-in-place order has been issued. The smoke from the explosion can be seen for miles in the Texas sky. 
Polk County Emergency Management recommends that residents along U.S. Highway 59 from Goodrich to Leggett shelter in place and turn off HVA systems in homes and businesses immediately. At this time, the effects of the chemical in the air are unknown. Got a little video. Let's see if there's any sound. Good God. Looks like a damn, it looks like a black tornado. A little hard to hear, but flames are shooting into the air. Here's a little closer to the fire. No audio. Again, great billowing clouds of black smoke. And here I was complaining about the the brush fire smoke smelling like plastic. Shut up, Robin. Yeah, there's the great tongues of flame shooting into the air. And again, nobody really knows what it is that's on fire. Because, you know, that would involve having some of them job-killing regulations that they so despise down in Texas. Uh, But the website says that Sound Resource Solutions produces solvents that include, but are not limited to, well, you're not going to like this, xylene, toluene, acetone, methyl ethyl ketone, phosphoric acid, acetic acid, sulfuric acid 93, uh, a dizzying array of isopropyl alcohols, hexan, and then that most terrifying of phrases, and others. Fox 26 is on the scene. Emergency crews are trying to secure that area. Livingston ISD also posting moments ago that they are in a holding pattern there. Out of an abundance of caution, all campuses are right now locked down in a holding pattern just to ensure student and staff safety there. So no one is... Those poor damn kids. I mean, not damn, but, you know, one, or any ordinary day in Texas or anywhere else in America, the kids go off to school with their little Kevlar backpacks, hopefully it'll stop AR-15 rounds. And mommy and daddy just hope that they're not chopped into chutney by semi-automatic weapons fire before they get home because, well, guns are more important than children. But then in dysregulated, that's a psychology term I learned, in dysregulated states like Texas, mommy and daddy or mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy or envy and envy, or you know, uh, they've got to they've got to go through an entire uh, an entire different process of wondering if 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 little Chloe and little Zoe and little Kai will be locked in their schools because a chemical plant is on fire in Texas. There's no let up. Is, is going outside. They're limiting any outside air uh, into the facility, so they are sheltering in place there. Uh, we're also checking on Shepherd ISD. Uh, let me see if I can 
pull um, them up as well. On Alaska ISD, they're also in that area. They're aware of the chemical plant explosion and working closely with emergency management. They're communicating um, right now with parents to let them know of any changes. But right now, uh, no schools outside of that private school that is really close to this company, Sound Resource Solutions, has been evacuated. They're still operating on normal Great. Schools. Just keep in touch with your school district as they post updates and they'll let you know if anything uh, changes. I'll bet they will. And this has been going on for uh, more than half an hour now. Uh, so we have a crew on the way headed there so we can get a uh, live report from the ground. Also, Sky Fox is headed to that area. Uh, we've heard the reports. We're getting in your videos. You can uh, always send those videos to Fox 26 on our social media pages um, if you see any of that smoke. Um, but yeah, we are working to find out more about if there might be any injuries because of this plant explosion. And of course, keeping an eye. I mean, how about if you see any of this smoke, please get away and don't breathe it. What was that? What was that? Uh, what was that list again? Oh, yeah, yeah. Xylene, toluene, acetone, methyl ethyl ketone, phosphoric acid, acetic acid, sulfuric acid, 93, various isopropyl alcohols, hexan, and others. Probably a good bet you ought not breathe any of that stuff when it's on fire. Still don't know what caused it. Um... Some of the local news producers said workers there said, uh, well, forklift accident may have been what set off the whole shooting match. Don't really know. Don't rightly know. Eye on uh, the, the shelter in place. There were evacuations at one point. Uh, we're keeping an eye on all the changes happening, especially when it comes to those schools in that area. So, what can you do right now if you live in San Jacinto County or Polk County? Yay, I got it right. City management is recommending that anyone who lives along Highway 59 from Goodrich to Leggett shelter in place, turn off your HVAC systems in your homes or your businesses. Try not to breathe. Immediately to limit any outside air from getting in as we still don't know what is burning and what caused this explosion, reportedly multiple explosions, uh, according to witnesses who have been posting on social media. They said they heard multiple explosions at this chemical plant, Sound Resource Solutions on FM 1127. This occurring uh, around 9 a.m. this morning. All right, so again, we are uh, watching all of the alerts for you, a five-mile radius of a shelter in place. Again, this is the uh, petroleum processing plant in Shepherd that's been evacuated. The Office of Emergency Management, the San Jacinto one, also the uh, Polk County one, they are keeping an eye on this because this essentially affects both of those areas because of how high and widespread this smoke is. So again, if you are in that area, you're also t advised to turn off your HVAC systems and uh, shelter in place at this time. Do not go outside. I wonder if we can go back to our meteorologist, John Dawson. He was doing a great job of pointing out how uh, on the map, how close San Jacinto County and Polk County are to one another. And JD, that smoke is carrying across county lines right now. Is the Sometimes local news coverage. The counties are very close to each other and the smoke crosses county lines. What's, what's the line from the uh, 
Don Henley song? Anybody? The bubble-headed bleach blonde comes on at five. She can tell you about the plane crash with a gleam in her eye. It's interesting when people die. Give us dirty laundry. Um, what is Sound Resource Solutions? Thank you, Ralphs. 22-acre distribution and transformation facilities. That's a... Sound Resource Solutions is a trucking company that specializes in blending and distributing oil-based products. It was permitted on September 13, 2021. The Texas Department of Environmental Quality, which is an organization in name only, I'm sure, uh, shows no history of violations or compliance issues at Sound Resource Solutions. And meanwhile, the Texas Department of Environmental Quality is telling KPRC Channel 2 it's sending in teams to investigate. Do they have moon suits? And as for those reporters rushing to the scene, Randy Radar said, uh, rest assured, we're working hard to poison our reporters. Christopher says, Bill, big billowing black clouds, just another day in Merca. Incident of job-saving deregulatory solvent fire? There's an excellent example of, oh wait, we dealt with this earlier. American exceptionalism. That is an exceptionally large American fire. Yeah, but we wouldn't want to be regulating anything now, would we? Uh, Brian Robinson took it on the chin last night, running for uh, city councilman in New York City in the 4th City Council District. He got his ass handed to him by the Democrat, Keith Powers, by some 50 points. That's a lot. That's a, that's a gut stomping. That's a, that, that, that's bad. Well, uh, like a like a good good politician, Brian Robinson went to that little microblogging website that used to be known as Twitter and had a twit fit. Now, uh, Brian Robinson had tried to smear the guy who stomped him by fifty points by calling him. Uh, a, a friend of Hamas. It, really, and 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 saying that they coddled the terrorist organization. So, in conceding his loss, Brian Robinson said. And stay classy, Brian. By all means, stay classy. Thank you to 
Thank you to all that fight the good fight with me. New York City is irredeemable. Congratulations, Keith Powers. The city has blindly chosen its own suicide. Jews, get out while you can. My family will be. To the Nazi machine machine... That's what he typed. To the Nazi machine machine that killed a great city, you are a grave disappointment. Somebody replied to him, New York City's great. Be even better when you get the F out of there. I hear rents in Moscow are totes cheap. And this guy this guy is so sunk in his in his in his in his fury and his ignorance and general stupidity that he actually took time to reply to someone from LA saying New York City is a haven for anti Semites. Really? And it went on my it, people. Uh, well, we're not nice. You're a pathetic, fear-mongering loser. The city won't won't miss you if you move out. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Native New Yorker, and I've lived overseas. New York City is and will always be amazing. Then somebody else just posted a a video of the Sesame Street gang singing a song about the letter L. You know, L is for loser. I told you we had a bunch of stuff this evening. Oh, and by the way, confirming something that I mentioned a lot. I'm, I'm, if this, if this was actually, if I actually had five dollars on it with my bookie in London, I'd double down on it. Headline via Reuters: U.S. Republicans expect no votes on stopgap this week as shutdown looms. Really? And who out? Uh, it, 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 well, I, is anybody surprised? Are the maggots even surprised? The maggots want to shut down the government. That was the goal all along, and they said it out loud. And Mullah Mike has no intention of putting a clean bill out there that everybody can vote for and keep the government open, because they're still arguing about the difference between January 19th and December 7th. And that, it's, and that in itself is not a good faith argument. I hate being right. No, there's not going to be a vote this week. But Mullah Mike is going to present three options for a CR. To his bed, to his bedlam carcass, in a meeting, not tomorrow, not Friday, 
Tuesday. The government shuts down on the 18th day of November. And Mullah Mike, who has only been in the House of Representatives since 2016 and spent all his time before that uh, trying to keep people from getting married or being able to take care of their reproductive organs or, uh, you know the drill. He's going to play chicken with Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. Tuesday, for anyone paying attention, is the 14th day of November. We uh, shut the government down three full days later. Just a reminder that the maggot, car- the maggot carcass cannot decide whether or not pineapple belongs on pizza in three days. Now, one lawmaker spoken to by Reuters said, uh, the Republican policy of having to wait three days before voting on legislation uh, means there's no time to act. The Republican policy. See, we can't do anything about it. It's Republican policy. House is on fire. Sorry, there's a Republican policy that says we cannot call the fire department for three days. So look to be hearing now about the laddered option. That's the the December 7th, January 19th horseshit. Yep, sorry. Uh, There are seven appropriations bills that have been passed for 2024. They'll try to get two more in tomorrow because we're closed for Veterans Day on Friday. That leaves... uh, Three undone. The Senate, trying to do its job, has passed three appropriations bill in a minibus. No, really, they call it that, a minibus. None of the bills that have been passed out of the House can get get Democratic votes in the Senate because they're all poison pills. I despise them so much. Oh, and by the way, and, and all they—they're just—they're just a—they're just, a, just a cadre of vandals. I don't know that we've talked about this, but the farm bill, the farm bill, expired. Let's see, 31, 39, 39 days ago. The farm bill expired September the 30th. 80% of the farm bill goes to supplemental nutrition, you know, SNAP benefits, sometimes still referred to as food stamps. It's 
a big deal. Because this is a big country. With a lot of people who are hungry and poor, whom the Republicans don't give a good old-fashioned tinker's damn about. Now, it goes almost without saying that the vandals in the maggot caucus are opposed to the farm bill and want to cut it to death. And Mullah Mike Johnson is expected to go along with them. Meaning we're going to head into the holidays with a shutdown looming, no farm bill, and in the role of Scrooge asking, What? Are there no more poor houses? Bear in mind that the farm bill gets renewed every five years and generally is done so on a bipartisan basis. Well, the mutineers have had enough of bipartisanship. If they can't, if they, if they can't chop it into chutney and make sure that somebody suffers, they got no interest in it. Now, although the bill is re-upped every five years, this bill is expected to come in at about one and a half trillion dollars over ten years. Got my calculator out. My calculator doesn't do numbers that big. But that's the way they always wind up reporting. A trillion and a half dollars over ten years. So what is that? $150 billion a year? So that people can eat to the tune of about a dollar a day? Yeah. Who gives a shit, right? 41 million Americans eat food thanks to the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. That's not quite, but getting perilously close to 10% of the entire population of this country. Food insecure. Now, we don't have Louis Asparagus Gomert to kick around anymore, but I always think of Louis when it comes farm bill time and how he would rage, rage about those useless eaters filling up their shopping carts with Alaskan king crab legs while hard-working, salt-of-the-earth Texas Republicans in the 1st Congressional District of Texas would stand there with a manager's special not quite a pound of hamburger and a bag of beans while the welfare mothers went home and ate crab.
Alaskan king crab legs must be really cheap in Texas. Maybe it's because it's almost as big as Alaska. I, I don't I don't Or or maybe maybe those welfare families are just stuffing their stuffing their faces with Alaskan king crab once a month and going hungry for the rest of it. A lot of nutrition in your Alaskan king crab legs there. But if Mullah Mike goes along with the uh, rest of the maggots and tries to cut it to pieces, well, some Rural maggots back in their home rural districts may not that may find folks a little bit upset. Well, but they're poor people and they're not going to vote and they can't give Republicans any money anyway, right? Nobody's going to go and vote so that other people can eat. That'd just be dumb, wouldn't it? Mullah Mike in past years has. Uh, participated in attempts to keep SNAP from being expanded so children would not go to bed hungry. For a couple of brief years, we lifted millions of children out of food insecurity. But thanks to people like Joe Manchin, we kicked him back into the hole. But Mullah Mike calls it calls uh, the Farm Bill and the SNAP program our nation's most broken and bloated welfare program. I don't think you can get bloated on a dollar a day. Do you? Eating all that fancy ramen with the flavor boost packet. And this is another one of those places where People like Mullah Mike are at odds. Yeah, maybe maybe he's a fan of uh, John Hagee. Remember John Hagee? There out uh, with his humongous ranch outside San Antonio. Stood on the stage back when he could still stand. And said, if a man will not work, therefore do not let him eat. Starve! Because he's a Christian. 85% of the American people not only support the SNAP program, but support expanding it, making it possible for struggling families to eat more and better food, fresh stuff instead of Processed garbage. Greens and vegetables from the produce department, not stuff that you get from opening a can, and God knows not the ramen with the bougie flavor boost packets. But those 85% of Americans don't give any money to Mullah Mike. So Mullah Mike doesn't give a damn about whether they want to eat or how they eat or if they eat 
or for that matter, if they starve. Because the maggots have family values. Of course, this has been bandied about. Republicans have hated uh, providing food to hungry Americans for a long time, and a long time before Nitwit Nero was even a twinkle in the maggot's eye. I remember all the way back to the administration of old 666 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan, when his administration wanted to classify ketchup as a vegetable. It will, mommy. Isn't it made of a vegetable? Tomatoes are vegetables. I will be soon. And by the way, we do have, we got $89 to go on Darlene's really kind challenge to get us fully funded for last Friday. The pummeling princess gets schooled by Steny Hoyer $100 challenge is out there. We got about 15 minutes to try to meet it. It would be great if we could. It would be really helpful. Now, Ralph said, I bet you Mike Johnson won't last after November 17th. Not if he puts through it. Well, no, he'll, he'll last, Ralph, if he lets the government shut down. And then, of course, he can go out and say that he's doing it in the name of Jesus. Maybe even get Pastor John Hagee to come rolling up to tell tell all those useless eaters to starve. Over at the Hill, um, they're reporting on uh, Nick Ackerman, a former Watergate prosecutor, who uh, interviewed on CNN, said, basically, and this was the fraud of uh, the fraud trial in Manhattan. Basically, at this point, Donald Trump is toast. I mean, he's basically going to be found to be a liar by the judge here. How could he not? And uh, for those of us who, uh, you know, like entertainment and like, Good news. According to the LA Times, SAG-AFTRA, a committee thereof, has approved a deal with studios to end the uh, SAG-AFTRA strike and get, get the actors back to work. The union issued a statement saying, in a unanimous vote this afternoon, the SAG-AFTRA TV theatrical committee approved a tentative agreement with the AMPTP 
bringing an end to the 118-day strike. The strike officially ends at 12.01 a.m. on Thursday, November 9th. There will be increased residuals for streams, uh, shows that are streamed online. And there will be increased contributions to the health and pension plans for union members. And there are new rules for how AI can be used in production. Good. Because, you know, I can be vapid. I don't know when we'll see new, 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 new shows produced. I'm still waiting on uh, uh, season two of Shrinking, which I was really fond of. Uh, Ralph sent along the John Hagee link to his Wikipedia bio. Ralph said, uh, I was hoping he was in hell. He may feel like he is. No, he's still among the, well, the living. I wouldn't call him the quick. He is uh, 83. He's pretty much handed over operations to his uh, uh, number one grifting son, Matthew. Since it is prayer meeting Wednesday, we can get a, a, a little bit of Hagee's greatest hits. It was 2008 when he said that the Antichrist will be a homosexual and partially Jewish, as was Adolf Hitler. Uh, that's when he. Po- that's also when he positively referred to Adolf Hitler as a hunter who drove the Jews to Palestine. And said that uh, God visited the Holocaust on Jewish people because uh, they had it coming. That's and, and then, of course, there was the whole starve. And, well, uh, fascinated with Adolf Hitler, Hagee well, is referred to him as a, a spiritual leader in the Catholic Church. Really. And was also... I think instrumental in the foundation of Queefy, Citizens United for Israel. Well, thank you to an anonymous friend. We are now down to $39 to go on Darlene's Pummeling Princess Gets Schooled by Steny Hoyer, $100 challenge, $39 to go on that. That would be great if we could bring in that last 39 Thank you. 
Oh, is there anything funny? Well, no, not funny, but good. I bet you, I bet you Theo knows about this. Remember last year when the Republicans refused to go to work in Oregon because they didn't have the number to, numbers to block an anti-discrimination bill, so they kept the mo- bill from moving forward by preventing the body from having a quora, quorum, quora, House and Senate. Oh, it was in the Senate, so a quorum. They shut the state Senate down in Oregon for six long weeks. And then, because voters had gone to the poll and done some democracy, well, Oregon voters went to the polls and they passed a constitution to the Oregon, uh, or uh, they passed an amendment to the Oregon Constitution that said if you have more than Ten unexcused at ten or more unexcused absences. You can't run for re-election. And the final tally on approving the amendment by the voters wasn't even close, because the Oregon maggots have been walking out on the legislature. In 2019, 2020, 2021. And so the Oregon Secretary of State has said, nah, you can't run. Well, now the butthurt maggots, uh, including one Dennis Linthicum of Klamath Falls, are filing suit, have filed suit in district court in Oregon this past Monday. Uh, Maggot Senator Linthicum and Brian Boquist and Cedric Hayden, who are all ineligible under the constitutional amendment to run for re-election, are weeping to the U.S. District Court that us not showing up for work It was our First Amendment rights. Sorry, wrong accent, I know. That there were political speech is what it were. We was protesting in the name of the precious little fetuses. I said... Our walkouts was a tool what we could use to protest against the demon the Democrats' policies, because they got majorities in both chambers. And you're even taking away from us our Fourteenth Amendment right to due process. All of this was over basically three pieces of legislation. Protecting a woman's access to reproductive care. Protecting the access to care of trans kids. And trying to do a little something, something about guns.
because even though they're barred from running, uh, a number of the uh, won't-go-to-work senators who are constitutionally ineligible to run have already filed their candidacy paper papers. Despite the fact that the Secretary of State, LeVon Griffin-Villad, said, y'all can't run. And so the maggots are, well, the statutes, the constitutional amendment, it's all vague and shit. They, they, they say they get to serve another term because the language of the amendment says that they are not allowed to run for the term following election after the member's current term is completed. Well, our terms end in January, and we don't have elections till November. So what it means is we get to run again because our terms ain't over. Now they're also uh, the, the, another another uh, uh, whiny little complaint will also be heard by the Oregon Supreme Court. <sighs> Please let the let the plain language of the amendment and the intent of the voters win out. Because the voters sent those senators to the legislature to solve those problems. And the fact a bunch of maggots are butthurt about it, well, die mad about it. Thank you, Micah. Micah met the challenge. And reminded me of something she sent along a little bit ago, going all the way back to uh, uh, Alina Havana 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 objecting to her own document. God, she's dumb. Micah said, God, this sounds like a scene from Liar Liar. Your Honor, I object. On what grounds? Because it's incredibly damaging to my case. Overruled. Good call. And, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, Micah, with the SAG after strike closing. More strange new worlds, please. Also, lower decks, too. I need my Trek fix. I mean, oh, strange new worlds is quite possibly the best. It's just so good. I'm working on getting into lower decks. Oh, and on uh, uh, just some clarification on SNAP and the farm bill. Uh, Kim writes, and she knows of which she speaks. Hi again, Robin. Hi again, Kim. Much of my work with older adults entails helping them apply for benefits, including SNAP. I just wanted to correct something. Funding for SNAP actually won't be affected if the Farm Bill isn't authorized because it is an appropriated entitlement. Regulations related to SNAP, such as work requirements, etc., are included in the Farm Bill. What will affect SNAP is if the government shuts down. If that happens, funding stops and recipients will only receive one additional month of SNAP and then nothing. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Kim, but that sounds like exactly what the maggots would like, doesn't it? Do you, you remember when uh, uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick told 
older Texans that they needed to be willing to die for the Texas economy? God, it's Denny Green all over again. They are who we thought they were. Thanks for clearing that up. But I really don't think uh, Mullah Mike wants to see it go through. So thank you, Darlene, for the challenge, and thanks to everybody who responded to it. Thanks so very much. So we are finally fully funded for the first broadcast day of November, namely last Friday. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Um, I, I think this was one of Roger's busy days. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, like and subscribe to the podcast, please. Thanks to those of you who post anything by way of a comment, just raising the visibility of the program. Thank you so much. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Yeah, hungry Americans. There's some more of that American exceptionalism for Jeff Van Drew to ponder. You're right. Irish Dave. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Get your RSV vaccine. It is not benign if you are older. RSV is not. It can be deadly. Wear your mask if you're around the maggots or any larger group. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you. Pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance. And uh, if Clanny Granny comes toward you saying, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I don't understand. What, uh, uh, it's, it, it's, it's prophylactic. That, yeah, that, that's, what, that's what my man it is. It's like one of them thingies that that feller used. Uh, well, ignore her like the plague, because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later. <laughs>